Welcome to the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Now here's your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Well, the holiday season is upon us. There are parties and chocolates and family and friends. It's a busy time of celebratory drinks, rich foods, late nights, long work days, and in many cases, tons of stress. The holidays are a wonderful time of year for many, but they can be hard on our wellness. So today I've reached out to three of my wellness expert friends to give us a bit of advice on how to navigate the season as well as we can. It's almost like there are three ghosts of Christmas wellness. The first is rich foods, candy, and alcohol. So to help you navigate that challenge, we have registered dietitian Adriana Smallwood from Newfound Balance. The next ghost is the ghost of stress. Family busy schedules, financial burdens, and loss are all triggers for many people this time of year. So PhD candidate Julie Dwyer from Ease Meditation and Mindfulness joins us. And finally, we have the ghost of Christmas laziness, and movement is the cure. Well, Jill Whalen's the founder of Whalen Wellness, and she'll help us find movement in our daily lives during the holidays so we actually have more energy for that full schedule. It's a packed episode, but one that will provide you with some realistic and practical advice on how we can do our best for our health while we get the most out of this special time of year. So let's get to it. Hey, Adriana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me back. And happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Well, this is a time of year when we have copious amounts of chocolate and good food and friends and family and fun times ahead of us. And not really the time of year that I like to give people a hard time about eating, but I do think we have to be a little bit conscious of it. And you are a registered dietitian. Tell me a bit about your training and what you do. I mean, I talk to people about food, but I feel like it's more like talking to people about their feelings around food rather than what they're eating. Because there's so much misinformation. You kind of got to take a step back and talk to people about their relationship with food as opposed to the things they're eating before you even dive into that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's super fun. And then once we get all that, I can talk to people depending on, you know, what kind of health issues they're going through and what they can eat. And a lot of people just want to come talk to me about healthy eating. So just trying to improve their relationship with food and the types of things that they're choosing. Mm-hmm. I think there must be a thing such as chocolate addiction, because I know as soon as I'm around at this time of year, I dig right in. And that's something that I think is universal to a lot of us. So what are the, some of the biggest challenges that people are telling you about this time of year with the holidays fast approaching? I find there's so much guilt around the holidays. Like people mm. feel really guilty about eating those, you know, holiday foods, but I think it's really important to take a step back and realize, you know, a lot of these foods that we're like guilty about, they're only available this time of year. So it's not like you're eating them all the time. And it's really important to acknowledge that and, and treat yourself and know that that's, that's not a bad thing. Things that you're doing every single day that impact your health. So having a treat a couple of times over the holidays is not going to raise your cholesterol levels. It's not going to make you have diabetes. You know, it's, It's really important to acknowledge that. And I think another, in in the opposite direction, a lot of people will go full tilt over Christmas and just, you know, eat whatever they want because they're like, in the new year, I'm going to eat clean. Yeah. And I think that's another, another whole thing. I never say make New Year's resolutions around cutting out certain foods. It's more about trying to eat more healthy things or trying to have more physical activity as opposed to saying, I'm not going to eat sugar. I'm not going to eat carbs. I'm going to practice intermittent fasting. Like it's important to make um, New Year's resolutions around healthier things as opposed to negative things, I find. Yeah. And and 
setting yourself up at Christmas time for failure because you're going to oh, go overboard over Christmas just to like make a healthy New Year's resolution, I think that that sets you up poorly too. Yeah. I, I, have you ever heard the saying, it's not what you eat between Christmas and New Year's, it's what you eat between New Year's and Christmas. And, yeah, I like that. <laughs> and, and so, you know, maybe we should set the stage of if this was to continue on a day-to-day basis, which is where the health implications can come in. What are some of the health conditions and challenges people face if they go a little bit overboard of the holidays, but they keep it going and it becomes part of their daily life and they're chronically exposed to some of these foods. Like what are some of the health challenges we have from poor health, poor diet on a chronic basis? I mean, especially things like chocolate and things that are really high in fat, I mean, can really raise your lipid profile and put you at um, risk for like high cholesterol and um, heart disease and blockages and things like that. Um, Eating a lot of sugar, over a long period of time, especially if you're predisposed, can cause you to have diabetes. You have to compare it to you're eating sugar every single day and over the amount that your body can handle it. Mm-hmm. But if you keep eating sugar, your cells will stop reacting to it. And then you're not going to do insulin. And then after a while, your insulin isn't as effective. So, you know, that causes all kinds of issues metabolically and so there's a lot of things that can happen when you're overindulging every single day. But I mean, on the holidays and a Friday or Saturday night, it's it's not going to change it. It's the things that you're doing every single every single day. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so so what are some of the foods that we should be, you know, not necessarily avoiding, but taking in more moderation? Because you know those chocolate boxes are around all the time. The 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 foods are constantly around us. So if we're going to moderate them, what are some ones that people should be a little bit more conscious of having a treat, but maybe not, you know having it for breakfast, for example, having something really high in sugar, I think is the biggest thing. Like I always say, like, if you're going to choose something that you want to have a treat, make sure like my favorite thing is to suggest like chocolate covered almonds, like at least pick something that has like a protein in it or something. But if you were to eat like sour keys or like those pure sugary gummies that are always around it at Christmas time, like these are things you don't want to have something really high in sugar in the morning to like spike your blood sugar really any time of day when you have like an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you want to have a treat, like something that's higher in sugar, for example, it's better to like have it after a meal because then it won't have as much of an impact on your blood sugar because your stomach is full and it's not like just spiking your blood sugar right off the bat. Yeah, actually, that's great. So let's talk exactly what happens. Say I'm on empty stomach. We have high sugary foods. I think we've all experienced this. We go to an all-you-can-eat buffet, for example, full of lots of sauces and sugary stuff. Explain what happens when our blood sugar spikes and then drops dramatically because of high intake of glucose or sugar. Yeah, so when your stomach is empty and you eat something that's really high in sugar, there's nothing to kind of like, I guess, stop. It's the same as drinking alcohol. Like, There's nothing to stop the absorption, so it absorbs very rapidly. Sugar absorbs the most rapidly of all of the things that we eat. So you go from having a moderate blood sugar, say if you're like the average person whose blood sugar is stable, or if say you're diabetic and you're starting off a low anyways, Mm -hmm. um, it's going to spike your blood sugar like right out of control. Some people might feel like they have too much energy. They're a bit shaky, but really, you know, you're going to come right down off of that too. And your blood sugar is going to drop because it absorbs quickly, which means the effect also goes away quickly. So you're going to have a crash. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like people who 
pick like a really carby thing for lunchtime. You know, they always say I'm hitting a wall at two or three o'clock. It's because you're not eating enough protein and fat to go along with the carbohydrates. So your food is like being absorbed so rapidly, but also then you're utilizing that energy rapidly and getting hungry and exhausted much faster than you would if you ate something higher in protein or in fiber, which is going to be absorbed more slowly and then come down more slowly from it. So you're not going to experience that crash. Yeah. And I had that crash. I always get hungry again. Like I could eat something with tons of sugar if it's just, if I had it just in isolation. And then like an hour later, I want more of it because my blood sugar is like now reacted in like this yo-yo kind of effect. Exactly. And you do, like, I find that anybody in that kind of experience ends up eating way more than they initially would have done if they had eaten a well-balanced meal and then had their really carby snack, you know, because your body is so exhausted. It's craving that energy because it know it needs fuel that it's just, I need to eat everything in sight is kind of what your brain is telling you to do as a, like a survival. Well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, then you're eating something for taste, not for nourishment. And that's really the key. You're, these things are tasty and they're good for that. But you mentioned something that's interesting and that's alcohol. Now we can't say that, you know, alcohol is not part of the holiday season. It, it's part of uh, part of our celebrations for a lot of people. And for those people that are going to partake in, in drinking, um, are there some things that they can do to make that a little less impact? Because correct me if I'm wrong, there's sugar in alcohol as well. But then if you have that with like, a soda, I mean, we're starting to get into a lot of sugar, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, if you're mixing like your lambs and Pepsi, we'll say is like a big popular one, you're going to hit a lot of calories. But, you know, I find a lot of people now are drinking, say, water with vodka or the water with Mio and then some other alcoholic beverage to mix with it. Uh, um, even though like wine, um, coolers, beer, they have additional calories because they are adding sugar in it. People need to realize that even like the distilled things like vodka still have calories and our body does not burn those calories efficiently and they're stored in our liver. And then we end up with things. If it's over a long period of time, we can get things like fatty liver, but um, yeah, like alcohol can add so much calories um, that you're not even aware of to your daily routine. And and again, going back to the diabetic uh, situation and blood sugars, like alcohol can drop your blood sugar. So it's really important again, just like when you're eating sugar to make sure that if you are drinking alcohol to drink it with food so that it's not on an empty stomach, that way your body's not having this huge reaction from alcohol because it's being absorbed through an empty stomach and you're not having like a drop in blood sugar or a drop in blood pressure. Like there's all kinds of things that can happen when you're drinking alcohol on an empty stomach, which are not good for your body. We're here with registered dietitian Adriana Smallwood as she helps us navigate nutrition during the holiday season. We'll be right back after the break. You're busy, but you'll never be uninformed. Get up to date on the way home. The Drive on your VOCM. Welcome back. We're here with Adriana Smallwood as she helps us navigate nutrition during the holiday season. Let's check it out. We think about some of the tips that you would give people. I mean, obviously, we, we share the same philosophy that it's, it's the time of year. We don't want to restrict in any way, but we also want to be cognizant of it. What would be the biggest tips you would give people when it comes to the holiday season for being good with their nutrition? I'd say the biggest thing is if you're going out to like a party or even like a, a buffet or a potluck, anything like that, make sure that you're having a snack before you go, something that's well-rounded, high in fiber with protein so that you're not hungry going to the buffet or party because there's always snacks around Mm -hmm. and people who are hungry end up overindulging and eating more than they originally would. 
And in saying that, there's also people that I know that, that skip meals, you know, I'm going to skip my supper. I'm going to skip my lunch because I'm going out tonight and I'm going to eat a lot. And again, that's really bad. Like you should never skip a meal to save up. So it's better to eat your three meals a day or have your breakfast and your lunch if you're going out for supper, because then you're going to eat like a moderate amount. Because like we talked about, once your blood sugar drops and all these things are happening, your body is going to crave food and you're going to end up eating way more than you initially would have. And then you're going to feel terrible after. And like, and I don't mean like guilty, but I mean gross because your stomach is going to be full. You're going to be sluggish. Your body's trying to digest all that food. And so it's better to eat your lunch and then eat a normal amount for supper and actually enjoy that experience as opposed to gobbling all the food in your mouth and not even getting to enjoy, like we'll say the steak and the glass of wine that you might not normally have. Um, and then before you realize it, it's all gone because you were so starving, you like sh shoveled it in your mouth. And then that leads me to another thing, like, you know, a lot of people eat very quickly and they don't get their body doesn't get a chance to recognize how much they're eating. So slow down your eating, because if you slow down, it, it gives your brain and your and your stomach a chance to catch up. And you realize you don't eat as much when you're thinking about the food that you're eating. So then my third thing would be, you know, if you're craving your sweet treat, have that because sitting next to a box of chocolates, not having anything, it's going to make you probably cave later and, and you're probably going to end up eating more. So, you know, if you're out and there's a special holiday treat that you love, like don't feel guilty about it. Like definitely have it. That's part of healthy eating, enjoying all foods in moderation. So, you know, not overindulging on foods, but enjoying all the foods, including those sweet treats. Um, that's part of healthy eating, avoiding, you know, sugar and fat and things that your body likes to have and enjoys that's not a healthy a healthy way to have and then we talked about the alcohol so think about your drink try not to overindulge on the alcohol either and recognize that there is calories and alcohol the same as that and it can add additional calories fat sodium depending on what you're having you know alcohol can totally wreak havoc on your system so it's really important to try to drink as much water as possible like just like all year round during the holidays it becomes especially important because it does take up room in your stomach, so it increases your fullness um, and also, you know, helps hydrate you, which can become particularly important when you're um, having a lot of sugar and sodium because those things can really make you thirsty and you might end up drinking other things that are higher in sugar to try and make up for that because you are dehydrated. I was going to say, that's one of the questions we actually asked some of our physiology students is why alcohol causes people to get dehydrated and have a headache the next day and, and, uh, and why drinking water is so important. So it's kind of an interesting conundrum of physiology of just what alcohol does to our system. And it legitimately does take water out of our body. So that's why we wake up with that throbbing head if we overindulge the night before. Totally. Yeah. There's something in alcohol that shuts something down in our kidneys that actually prevents us from absorbing things back into our body that we need. It's, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And probably the last thing I would say, it's not about food, but like our traditions, especially in Newfoundland, revolve around food so heavily. So I think it's really important to make traditions with your family in the holidays that involve physical activity. Mm. You know, we have Barn Park and it's always lit up. It's beautiful. So having a family walk around the park or going skating or bowling or something that gets you up and moving that doesn't necessarily involve food it gets everybody moving and feeling happier and, and you're not, you know, worried about that food aspect. And there's so many, if you go on the city of St. John's website or any of these other towns like paradise and things like that, it'll spit out a whole list of you for like free activities that they have during that month. And I, it's, it's really interesting to see, like, you know, 
I didn't know before a couple months ago, actually, that you could go to, um, is it Pippi Park? And they have like free skis and you can go skiing yeah. through the park. I was talking yeah. to T.A. Loeffler about that. It's an amazing program they have up there. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all these things that you need to consider and just to enjoy your holidays, just take a step back and really enjoy them and, and don't stress. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's great. And just, you know, before I, I let you go here, um, you know, New Year's resolutions coming around the corner. What's your advice for people when it comes to that? Because, hey, if there's any New Year's resolution that's made, it's going to be that diet one people do. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. So my, my tips are for New Year's resolutions would be like, don't make New Year's resolutions about clean eating or less carbs or less sugar or no junk food, because that's immediately putting your, your year at a negative spin. And I always say that doesn't set yourself up for a win. You want to set yourself up for a win. So it's better to make, you know, resolutions about adding things into your life, like, and make them specific. So I'm going to eat a vegetable with every meal. Like, you know, that's a good resolution. I'm going to meal prep on Sundays, like make it very specific, a day of the week, a certain meal. I'm going to eat three meals a day. If you're a person who finds that they're skipping a meal and you're getting hungry and experiencing that crash, um, you know, I'm going to aim to have two plant-based meals a week. So make sure, you know, they're healthy ideas, but I mean, try to add things into your life rather than saying, I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to not do this. Like, add things in and, and make it a, a happy, positive start to your year. Okay. So, you know, we've chatted for the last 15 minutes or so. So not a lot of time with all the information you have in your head and all the knowledge you've had and experience, but if somebody wanted a little bit more time to learn more about what you do, how can they reach you? Um, I have a website. So my business is called Newfound Balance. So you can reach me at newfoundbalance.com and all my contact information is there. I'm also on all the social media hubs, um, Twitter, um, Facebook, and Instagram at New Fan Balance. So you could reach me any way there. And uh, my email and phone number will be on my website. That's excellent. Well, I know you've got a, a new family that's going to be celebrating the holidays this year. So I appreciate you taking the time from your busy schedule to join us. And happy holidays. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. That's registered dietitian Adriana Smallwood from Newfound Balance. When we come back, we'll chat with Julie Dwyer, who's a PhD candidate and founder of Ease Meditation and Mindfulness. We'll be right back after the break. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Welcome back. We're here with Julie Dwyer, who's a PhD candidate and founder of Ease Meditation and Mindfulness. Let's hear how we can manage the stress of the holidays so we're our best selves for the season. Hi, Julie, and happy holidays. Hi, Mike. Happy holidays to you. Thanks for having me. Well, this is becoming our annual tradition now. You are my go-to for the holidays when it comes to mental health. Tell the folks that are listening a little bit about yourself. Sure. So my name is Julie and I am a PhD candidate at Memorial University um, with a research concentration in health and wellness. Um, I started my own business a couple of years ago, trying to share evidence-based wellness practices and it's grown over the last couple of years. Um, and it's really great to combine my passion for research and wellness uh, together to share with the public. 
Yeah, that's great. No, I, I we came from a very similar background that way. We both did academics, but we took the world of wellness and combined it into it, which is there's a huge need for it. And in particular around the holidays, you deal a lot with people's mental health and and it can be a really challenging time for people. You know, what are some of the things that people share with you that are their biggest struggles when the holidays come fast and furious? One of the things about the holidays is that they are heavy with tradition. So it can be particularly tricky if you're going through change um, or positive change or negative change. Both can feel quite scary, daunting. If you're grieving, whether the loss of a relationship, the loss of a person, the loss of a job, financial stress, um, there's a lot of expectations around Christmas that can amplify existing mental health conditions. Yeah, I mean, you just said a couple of big ones right there. I mean, you know, obviously our holiday traditions, you think about parents and family members and if we've lost somebody, but then also the economy. Things are challenging these days and there's a lot of pressure on people to put those presents under the trees and things like that. You know, do you think that's one of the main reasons why it's amplified over the holiday season? Are these issues sort of underlying all the time and then all of a sudden they just really get compounded? That's a great question. I think that that's probably the case that these things exist all year round. But when Christmas comes, we are, you know, shown happy images of people celebrating of Christmas movies, of holiday commercials, and it just amplifies any existing negativity, any, you know, loss that we're experiencing. We constantly begin to compare ourselves to what we're seeing on the screen. And, and then capitalism comes into play where we're trying to show people how much we love them by buying them presents that we can't afford. And then in January, our debt is massive and it, it really becomes a cyclical problem. <laughs> yeah, it does. And I think about that too. You just said the capitalism side of things, it's like, you know, what, what really is it supposed to be about? It's about spending time. And, but sometimes it's challenging for people. There can be people that are away from home. Uh, I used to work offshore. So I know that there's a huge cohort of people, my friends that are out there that don't get a chance to get home for the holiday season. What are some pieces of advice that you give people to say, you know, if you follow these couple tips or these ideas, then maybe you're going to have a bit of an advantage to maintain your mental health over the holiday season. Great. I think that the number one recommendation for me any time of the year, particularly at Christmas, is the importance of setting an intention. So an intention can almost give us like a roadmap of where we want to go and how we want to show up there. So if you know that your Christmas is going to be a bit different, maybe it's going to be a bit harder, maybe you're not going to be able to get home, how can we proactively plan for that realistically and create a new intention of how we want to approach this holiday season in a new way that will feel healthy and maybe you know a new tradition or a new approach going forward? Mm -hmm. Now, I've also, you know, I think that people have different comfort levels when it comes to the holidays as well, right? Like, so, you know, some people uh, like to go see the holiday party scene and they're running around and they, they love the hustle and bustle of it all. But other people, you know, it may not be in their nature. Uh, any advice you have for people to be able to sort of protect themselves from being exhausted and worn out? Yes, I think that one of the best things that we can all do for ourselves this time of year as we head into December is the importance of setting boundaries. So boundaries are a way that we can respect our own limits while simultaneously being able to give our time and energy to the people around us. So again, this proactive approach of knowing what works for us and what doesn't work for us, what are our comfort levels, and being able to communicate those 
needs in a direct open way so that, you know, if you don't want to go to the party that night, then you tell that person in advance. Or if you know, okay, I only want to be there for a couple of hours, then you, you commit to just going there for the, those couple of hours and finding, you know, what will work for you as the individual and, and letting go some of that pressure. We're so hard on ourselves to, to do everything and to be everything to everybody. And it leaves us with a pervasive sense of burnout and dissatisfaction. So maybe, you know, thinking how, what is it I want and, and kind of coming to terms with that and then scheduling your, your Christmas break accordingly. Mm, I think that's a, that's an amazing point. And I also think that, you know, is there sometimes a misunderstanding that other people need more opportunity to recharge? Because what if, you know, I'm a pretty outgoing guy. I like going around and running around and seeing as many people as I possibly can over the holidays, but how, what advice would you give to people that may not be sensitive to the needs of other people that might need a bit more space. That's a great point. We we never truly know who's struggling and who's not. A lot of people, you know, we're not opening up every day about every single thing that's going on in our lives. So even your friends, your family members, your coworkers, we're not privy to every single detail. So again, kindness, compassion, this is a great starting place that we can just have an open mind and always be mindful of how we communicate and being respectful of people when they do express those boundaries and recognizing that we really all have different viewpoints and different outlooks and that, you know, one is not necessarily right or wrong, but being open to other people's viewpoints so that if someone is not feeling a party, then, you know, they don't have to go, but you can still go and have fun. And then it's kind of like a two-way street. So if you're the partner that wants to go to the relation to go to the, the party, and then the other partner doesn't want to go, how can you kind of both feel seen and heard and having that open communication and that open dialogue is again, proactively dealing with it. So you're not getting in a big blow up at 10 o'clock at a party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's good advice, especially the holidays coming up. I mean, the other <laughs> thing is, uh, you know, you have a very uh, strong background in wellness, of course. Uh, what are some things that people can do for themselves to keep themselves present, checked in, mentally aware and agile uh, during the holidays? Yeah, I think that movement can go a long way. And sometimes we put really harsh expectations on ourselves around exercise, but even something as simple as a stretch, as a walk, making it fun with the family or the kids to go see the Christmas lights, go adventure, and trying to get as much movement in as we can, but also even giving ourselves permission to pause and to not feel that guilt. Sometimes a great way to relax and, and kind of have a mental break is to binge that TV show for two days straight and enjoy that Christmas chocolate, everything in moderation. So I think, again, this is where self-awareness really comes into play and, and mindfulness is, is part of self-awareness is asking ourselves, what is it I need? And then being brave enough to give us, give ourselves what that is. So in, you know, that might look like staying home and, and resting. It might look for going for a walk, seeing people staying home. Um, there's no one size fits all approach to wellness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I always go back to our shed where we have a wood stove in the back when I need a nice quiet evening in. I don't feel guilty about it one bit, especially this time of year. Now, Julie, one of the things that you do is you help people throughout the year. So it's not just during periods of time when they're under, uh, you know, more stress than others. How can people get a hold of you if they want to get, uh, they want to learn more about what you do? Absolutely. So my email is info at easemindfulness.com. 
My website is easemindfulness.com and um, I'm reachable by email. I'm happy to chat about ways that we can incorporate evidence-based wellness into our lives in a sustainable way. (laughs) Yeah, and the businesses as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I've really um, been working a lot more with corporations this year. I've worked with the federal government, the provincial government, lots of businesses across the country. So that's been really fun and exciting. That's great. Well, we're really lucky to have you come by. It's uh, been an annual tradition now. It's our third year of doing this and you're always my go-to for mental health around the holidays. So I hope you have a great holiday season. Great seeing you again. Thank you for having me. I so appreciate being here. That's Julie Dwyer from Ease Meditation and Mindfulness. When we come back, we'll chat with Jill Whalen, founder of Whalen Wellness, who help us find movement in our daily lives during the holidays. So we actually have more energy for that full schedule. Your VOCM mornings with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy, 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays on your VOCM. Welcome back. Joining me now is Jill Whalen, founder of Whalen Wellness, who'll help us find movement in our daily lives during the holidays. Let's check it out. Hi, Jill. Happy holidays. Hey, Mike. How are you doing? Good. I love being able to say that this time of year. It's my favorite time of year, and it is a great time of year for people when they come to celebrating and having fun with folks, but sometimes it's not the best time of year when it comes to wellness. And you're a wellness guru, so you know, tell me a bit about yourself and, and how you help people stay healthy. Yeah, sure. So I am a wellness coach. I believe in a holistic approach to wellness. And I launched my company, Whalen Wellness, back in 2020. So today I work with people globally to work on the whole piece of wellness, like physical, emotional, mental health, and everything from moving your body to fueling properly to just taking good care. That's right. And this is really what this episode's about today is, is how can we take care of ourselves in the whole thing? You guys do psychology and nutrition and of course, exercise. But mm-hmm. what typically happens to people this time of year as they start getting caught up in the holiday buzz? There's a true cycle out there throughout the calendar year. And we always find a little bit less engagement throughout the summer months because people have that scarcity feeling that the summer is fleeting and they got to get outside, which is good if they're getting outside and moving, of course. And then it kind of, once we get to November, things kind of slow again because schedules get very full, social schedules, demands, family life, all of those things leading into the holidays. But what I see in my community with the kind of way that we approach it, we have a bit of a different mindset around it, people are staying a little more engaged because we've seen that connection between movement and mental health and clarity. And man, do we ever need that this time of year? That's right. I think that, you know, people don't sometimes put that physical and mental hand in hand, but, you know, movement is one of your your principles or one of your pillars for your organization. So, you know, if you were to explain it to people in Cole's Notes version, how why would you say movement is just so critical for us? It was actually the first thing that I discovered. So I bought my first gym membership at 18 years old out of babysitting money Mm -hmm. because I was going through a stressful time. My parents were getting divorced. And when I bought that gym membership, the first thing that I learned was really what I've got out of that physical push. When I learned how to lift weights and move my body in a way that brought me joy, it changed my mindset completely. And me, for me, for me, I've been training now for years and years. I'm 43. Now it's all about the mental health and emotional clarity that I receive from the movement. And, and, and of course, the physical health and, and uh, benefits are secondary to that. Yeah. Well, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head right there, stress. And, you know, a lot of people think of the holidays being the happiest time of the year, especially if we turn on the TV and we see all the Christmas movies. However, it can be extremely stressful for a lot of people. Uh, how do you use exercise to help people get through that time? It's really something that we need to learn 
to use to our benefit. So oftentimes going to the gym or working out or going for a run or something like that has been kind of villainized or demonized where we find ourselves thinking, oh, I have to go work out or, oh, I got to fit this in today or I got to do this at least three times this week. Instead, if we thought about scheduling in a meeting with ourselves to go out and get the benefits of fresh air and movement and clarity and energy development and all of those good things, you'll see that it's much more an addition to your life than it is a punishment. Yeah, I, I can completely agree with that. Some people are, you know, the excuses you hear all the time is, oh, I'm too busy to eat well, I don't have time to exercise. But yeah. those are the things that are going to give you the energy to be able to accomplish more in life, free up more time. It's just kind of a, it's a, it's a tough philosophy. How do you think, like, why do you think that is that way that people sort of put health and wellness second, in particular when they get busy? I think it's because we are chronically people who want to put ourselves last. We will take care of everybody else. And there's a reason why we are supposed to take the oxygen first. We're supposed to do that first because we can't take care of anybody else if we don't take care of ourselves. And often things get busy. The first thing to go off that list is that visit to the gym or that walk outside or that bit of movement. And instead, if we actually made sure that that happened every day, which is why I do my training at like five in the morning, it's stupid o'clock. Yeah. And nobody needs me at that time of the day. And I've created energy for that day. People say to me often, Jill, where do you get the energy? I, I create it. It's through my choices. It's through the foods I consume and the activity that I do. Well, one of the reasons you've been so successful is you help people break down barriers when it comes to accessing, you know, wellness and fitness, nutrition, all these different modalities that are so critical for our long-term health. You know, what are some of the barriers people have this time of year, but then on a bigger picture, what are some of the barriers I have in general to being healthy? Yeah. And, and I think that they're probably the same barriers. They just feel more intensified this time of year. So things like cost, things like scheduling, things like childcare, and then things like basic vulnerabilities and discomfort in this space, because it is a very vulnerable space for many people. So if I could create something, and this is my whole mission and whole goal is to remove any perceived barriers. So you can do, um, you can participate any time of day, no matter what, you don't have to have a pile of fancy equipment. You don't need to have a babysitter. You don't need to have a vehicle to commute in. You don't need to scrape your car at four in the morning. So all kinds of different ways to just remove barriers and make it more accessible. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. This time of year, I'll come vampire mode. You go to work when it's dark, you come home when it's dark, <laughs> yeah. you scrape the windshields and that's good. And you know, just another thing about removing barriers, you also have a podcast and you also share lots of information that's readily available to people. Tell us about your show. Yeah. So my show is called for the well of it. <laughs> and it's really about real life inspiration. I do some episodes in there where it's me talking about my journey and different th things I've experienced. And then it's having special guests. So colleagues that I work with, or some of my community members who have stories to share on how wellness has impacted their life, taking this holistic approach versus things they may have tried or done in the past. Mm -hmm. And I think about people starting to take journeys. Sometimes people wait until January 1st to take that journey. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure we align quite, uh, quite a bit on this philosophy around New Year's resolutions. What, what's your view for the record on them? Yeah. So everybody wants to wait till Monday or wait till January 1st. And this is because it's the way we've been conditioned in the health and diet industry, right? We've been told, okay, this, you enjoyed that. And now you must suffer kind of yeah. deal. Yeah. But instead, and I always say, Hey, it's not about what you do or what you eat between Christmas and new year's. It's about what you do or what you eat between new year's and Christmas. That really matters, right? It's the real game changer. If you're already practicing this, 
you know, I hear people say sometimes at, at uh, festive events, oh, I'm going to be bad today and I'm going to eat this or I'm going to eat whatever I want. Well, guess what? I eat whatever I want all year long. Therefore, things don't change. I stay healthy all year long. Yeah. So it's just a real it's a real perspective and paradigm shift that I think we're all capable of, because I can tell you, Mike, that 15 years ago, I never thought I would get here in healing on this journey and this new perspective on wellness. That's interesting. I actually used that exact same saying earlier talking to Adriana. Did you? Yeah, and I think it's I think it's a great saying, and it's also along the lines of say you eat a certain way. It's a it, you know the word diet was supposed to mean a way of eating. Instead, we've yeah. turned into a short term period of time of restriction, which really doesn't make much sense. And you know you kind of brought up that point of like you know now is the best time to start. You know what's the advantage of somebody starting to engage and add a couple of healthy habits in when they may be exposed to some things like more food, more drink, you know, more mm -hmm. celebrations uh, this time of year? Well, here's the, here's the suggestion that I'll make is that add in a couple of healthy habits and don't worry about the rest of it right now. Don't try to restrict or change anything big. Just add in a couple of healthy things. And then as we head into the season of probably later nights and more social activity and different foods consumed, you're going to overall feel better than you would had you not started these just couple of little additions to your day. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, you know, we also agree on when it comes to exercise and what constitutes it. Give me some examples of things that are still very effective for people to do um, in a variety of different ways so they can get some ideas that are listening to, hey, I can do that. Yeah, movement does not have to be complicated. And also movement is a sum of many parts. So you decide to take the stairs at work, you park a little further away, you turn your walk into a walk run, or you can do a quick little create a circuit like you and I did on your TV show where you just mm -hmm. throw a couple of exercises together and you're done in seven or eight minutes. Or you can go do the traditional things like get on an elliptical or um, do, you know, do a run, a walk. And especially during the holidays, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Keep it simple. Get out and do the sledding with your kids. Run back up that hill or get out and go for a hike. Or one of the, one of the cool things I try to do every year is gift my husband something wellness related mm -hmm. and then buy the same thing for me. So a couple of Christmases ago, I bought him winter trail runners. We spent that entire Christmas week trail running and loved it so much and really developed a new love of movement there. God, it's so funny you say that. I got we got ski gear for each other this year. <laughs> See? Yeah. Same <laughs> philosophy. But that's but that's so important. I think that's it that's important for anybody listening, is that you know, it is about changing the way you do things on a permanent level in a way that you really enjoy. So, you know, if we were to get some sort of last words of advice going into this season, you've you've emphasized, you know, don't sweat it too much, try and be good when you can, but you know, what would you sort of summarize your whole message as? It's about finding the joy in movement. So if you're somebody who you think that you hate exercise or you think that you hate working out, I will strongly suggest that you just haven't found your thing yet. Once you do experiment with different forms of movement, different intensities of movement and different ways to move your body, you will find something that you really love and that you thrive in and do it until you don't love it anymore. And then find another form of movement. There's so many possibilities. I agree with it. And when we did our workout together, it was a laugh. It was fun. I work out with my yeah. wife all the time and it is a good time to, you know, have that social aspect brought in, especially in the morning. If you're like me and you're a tad bit grumpy, it brings you into a good mood right away. It does. It boosts the mood. I always say down here in my home studio that I come down here dark and early in the morning. And when I come out of here, my family gets the best version of me. And isn't that nice? And, and, and even better so, I get the best version of myself. I don't have to sit with the cranky self all day. <laughs> That's wicked. Well, if people want to join in on that energy first thing in the morning or anytime they want on your online platform, how do they get a hold of you? 
Oh, I'm pretty easy to find. So I'm on Instagram at Whalen Wellness. And also my website is whalenwellness.ca or by email, jill at whalenwellness.ca. Well, that's excellent. I'm sure I'll be seeing you around soon. But in the meantime, have happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Thanks so much, Mike. Right back at you. Thank you to my guests for joining me today. This is a special time of year, but one that can take its toll without a few healthy habits. I hope Adriana's message of moderation but not restriction resonated with you and that, as Jill said, movement can actually give you energy, not take it away. Lastly, Julie's message to know your boundaries and be good to yourself is important so you can be your best for others as well. Well, our next three episodes are geared around the holidays. Next week, we're going to feature some of our local charities that could use our help this time of year to support those in need. And the week before Christmas, we're going to do our annual Gift of Giving episode where you can call and share your stories of kindness that impacted you this year. To get a hold of us, you can reach us at wallshow at vocm.com, which is W-A-H-L show at vocm.com, or find us on social media. Send us a message so we can organize a time to get your story to the masses. And of course, we're going to have our annual visit from Santa Claus as well, so be sure to tune in for these next few episodes. Well, until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall, wishing you happy holidays, however you celebrate them. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of The Wall Show on your VOCM.